Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to get to work. I'm Keith Simon. I'm Tanya Wilmoth. I'm Jensen Holt-McNair. And I'm Patrick Miller. We are exploring the first books of the Bible. Right now, we are in Genesis. If you're like me, you love email newsletters, but most of them don't bring me closer to God. Well, it's time to give Jesus access to your inbox. Sign up for the 10-Minute Bible Talks email newsletter. Once a week, you'll get a blessedly short email with guides on spiritual disciplines, inspiring challenges to grow, interesting cultural backgrounds on today's passage, and even quick studies of Hebrew and Greek words. Each week's going to be a little bit different, and you're going to love the variety. So stop what you're doing, click the link in the show notes, and sign up today. Now, let's hop into today's today's episode. Okay, this is super weird to share, but it's totally true. When I was in high school, get this, I was an anarchist. Now, of course, I I don't think I really understood what that meant at the time or what its implications were, but I was committed to the cause. And I thought that all governments, federal and state level, I thought they were all de facto tyrants, that they were all run by corrupt megalomaniacs who get a high from controlling their pawns and keeping the populace under the delusion that they're actually free. Now, the solution in my mind was anarchy. You throw off the shackles. Don't let capitalism and its aspirations keep you pinned. Don't follow the rules. Don't follow the laws. Resist. And in my idealistic political anarchist fervor, I took to spray painting anarchy signs on the back of buildings that I thought were run by the government or by the evil capitalists. Again, remember, this was all supremely idiotic. And I probably just liked doing it because I was a high schooler who wanted to break the law. But I remember on one of these stick it to the man outings, I decided that the man I needed to take down was the ultimate giant, Blockbuster. Now, for our younger audience who don't remember Blockbuster, Blockbuster was the biggest movie rental company in the U.S. And as such, they needed to be vandalized by me. And so I went behind the building at three in the morning with some friends and we went to town. The next day, I came outside and I looked at my handiwork and I discovered that we had not vandalized Blockbuster. Instead, we'd accidentally vandalized a small family-owned business about as far from the man as I could imagine. I remember sitting there looking at that and I felt awful. In fact, it was that event that made me realize how ridiculous I'd become in this whole anarchy phase. But my stupidity highlights a deep and profound truth. God is not for disorder. God does not love anarchy. But when we reject God's law and order, moral anarchy is often the consequence. This is exactly the point that Genesis 4 wants to highlight. Let me set up the broader context. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve refused to take personal responsibility for their sin. To quote the Shaggy song, they say, it wasn't me. And then Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. And you fast forward a few decades and all of a sudden their elder son Cain is doing another sin. He is murdering their younger son Abel. But Cain is even more brazen in his sin than his parents. He doesn't deny what he did. He admits what he did. Instead, he denies that what he did was wrong. He tells God, I'm not my brother's keeper. In other words, what I did wasn't really wrong. And who are you, God, to tell me what's right? Cain's descendants, they actually descend further in this downward spiral. If there's no right and there's no wrong, there's just anarchy. There's just might making right. You can do whatever you want, regardless of whatever God says which finally takes us to Cain's son, Lamech. 
In Genesis 4.19, we read this, Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Do you see the anarchy beginning to spin out of control? Lamech begins by rejecting God's order, specifically God's vision for marriage as being between one man and one woman. Lamech is the first polygamist in the Bible. And sexual disorder is a really common form of spiritual anarchy. It's endemic to almost every single society. We reject the idea that God has a good plan for sex, a plan which is actually for our good. It's for our spiritual good. It's for our mental welfare. We reject what God says and we take a no holds bar approach. We say, I can do whatever I want with whoever I want. But the spiral into anarchy for Lamech doesn't stop with sex. It continues. In verse 23, we read this. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for insulting me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. You see, Cain, he murdered his brother out of jealousy. But Lamech takes it a step forward. He murders a young man, a child, just for insulting him. Spiritual anarchy always denies the dignity of human life. It thinks of the world hierarchically, where some humans live superior lives to other humans. And and therefore, there's nothing wrong with a powerful man like Lamech murdering a child because he's higher up on the hierarchy. Lamech matters. The child doesn't. These stories, when you read them about Lamech and his sexual disorder, Lamech and the way that he denied human dignity and murdered, when you read them, they're extreme, aren't they? They're kind of sickening. And yet, you can trace your own spiritual lineage to Lamech. Chances are you, I know it's true of me, you find aspects of God's good order unappealing. And when we think that God's order is unappealing, we end up acting like anarchists. We reject his definition of good and evil. We make our own definition of good and evil. This might be happening to you right now in your sex life. It might be happening to you in how you treat a coworker who you don't like. It might be happening to you in the way that you speak about your friends at school. Or if you're a parent, how you speak to your child, it might be in how you view the world. Maybe you see the world as a hierarchy and you like putting yourself at the top. Maybe we look down on people who have less than us, or maybe we make negative assumptions about people who have a different gender or a different race. We may not even ever say these things out loud, but we know it. And when we feel those things, that, that is spiritual anarchy. And just like me in high school, When we give in to spiritual anarchy, we begin to vandalize God's creation. We vandalize God's shalom. Now, the Hebrew word shalom, it's translated as peace in the Bible, but peace is way too thin of a word. Shalom is the world as it should be. Shalom is a world where people live in right relationship. It's a world where people treat one another with dignity and kindness, love and generosity. When we give in to spiritual anarchy, we pull out our spray paint and we vandalize God's shalom. And it's only to our own detriment, only to our own hurt. But God never gives up on his creation. In the very next verse, we read this, Genesis 4.25, Adam made love to his wife again. And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth opens up a new possibility. Could there be a humanity that embraces God's shalom and doesn't try to vandalize it? And the answer is yes, because from Seth's line eventually comes Jesus. 
And Jesus comes to reestablish God's good order, to put an end to spiritual anarchy, to reestablish the worldwide shalom that our hearts absolutely long for. If you give your life to King Jesus, you are asking him to end the spiritual anarchy in your own heart. You're asking him to scrub clean all the vandalism of shalom that you've done in your life. You're asking him to work through you to manifest God's beautiful order in the world. Today, I want you to pray that God would help you see the ways that you're being a spiritual anarchist. Confess those things to Jesus, receive his forgiveness, and ask him to work through you to undo the vandalism that you've done in your life. Ask him to work through you to manifest God's shalom in a beautiful, magnetizing, true, and good, and loving life. Before you forget, sign up for the 10-Minute Bible Talks newsletter. Hit the link in the show notes and you'll get an email every Wednesday that's going to help you beat that midweek slump and go deeper in your walk with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.